This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, good Saturday morning to you. Welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 102.5 FM KQAM. It is a beautiful Saturday. Did I just hear that right? It's the first day of spring. Is it really? Already? Already? Goes by way too fast. Hey, welcome into the program. We have a heck of a show lined up for you today. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be open lines to you right now at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. We have a lot of things we're going to try and get to today. We're going to do it in such a short amount of time with that two hours that flies right on by here on the program each and every week. So welcome into Kansas Talk, all presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. For all your buying, selling, and trading of your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. We always love Phil Martinez and Phil's Coins. You can also visit online at philscoins.com. They open up in about a half hour from now until 2.30 this afternoon. Coming up on the program today, we have at the bottom of the hour, David Schneider. He's with the Kansas uh, Convention of States movement. There's a rally in Topeka on Tuesday uh, with the Convention of States as we start to slowly wrap up the legislative session in Topeka. So we'll talk about the uh, upcoming rally that's going on in, uh, up in Topeka on Tuesday with the Convention of States. Uh, if you've never heard of the organization, then we'll talk about that, what it actually is, what they do, and what we could be a part of here in the state of Kansas. Uh, we may have, we were going to have him on here right at the beginning, uh, wasn't able to get a hold of him, so uh, we'll try and get him on the show later on. But uh, Jared Sorello, the new Cedric County, or uh, new uh, Wichita City Council member for District Number 3, we spent like two, three weeks trying to get this individual in, uh, or at least do a get a individual onto the City Council for District Number 3. We talked with Brian Fry last week, if you remember that, and the process of trying to elect a city council person is very interesting. And finally, finally, they were able to get four votes, which is what's needed to actually appoint someone onto the city council. So we'll talk about that process a little bit. And uh, Jared, which we'll hopefully be able to get on the show later on in the program today. Also in hour number two, the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. Their gun show is coming up next week. Now, as things are beginning to open up again in the community, as things are starting to happen again in the community, and then, of course, with the federal level and the uh, push to try and take away firearms or trying to limit firearms or trying to ban firearms or trying to extend background checks on firearms or trying to uh, add additional regulations on firearms, now is kind of an important time. So uh, now is whether you just want to get out and about whether you actually want to go purchase a firearm, go look at some of the cool antique things. We'll talk with the uh, Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association and those guys in our number two. But until then, it's open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Hope you had a wonderful week. I know a lot of individuals have been excited about the uh, March Madness, the crazy basketball tournaments that are going on. Now, I have, and as you know, KQM, KGSO, we always do our brackets, and a lot of people fill out our brackets, both in person with our great partners and sponsors, along with our online at KGSO.com. You can't do it anymore because, obviously, the games have started, so you can't fill out your bracket now, but... Winning one right here. I got mine. It's all ready to go. And although I was I was listening to some of the games yesterday, and I think that already in my round number two is already busted. So <laughs> there you go. I had, uh, for example, I want to say, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, see, Virginia Tech beat Ohio State, so that's already out. And I don't know what happened to Wisconsin. West Virginia, I think, already lost to Syracuse, so that's out. 
yeah, so I don't know. I, as you know, I don't follow sports a whole terribly lot, but I filled out my bracket, and it's already kind of busted. But I gave it a shot. You know, that's why they call it the madness is because you don't know what's going to happen with some of, the, some of those upsets. And, uh, you know, got to choose and go out on a limb once in a while. Uh, just a bit. All right, we got a lot to get to. I have some Topeka updates that I want to get to here in a second before we get to David Schneider at the bottom of the hour. Uh, plus, you're more than welcome to call in on some of the issues that are uh, bothering you as well. For the big news of the day and the big news really of this week is that Sedgwick County, along with the state of Kansas and the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, have now expanded their COVID-19 vaccination to phases three and four, meaning really individuals that are ages like 50 years and older now can start getting their vaccinations. And pretty soon, they want to start opening this up to the general public, to anybody that wants to get the vaccine. My question is, is how many people have not yet received it and how many people do not want to get the vaccine? I'm curious on that number. Because the last we heard, according to the KDHE and the Sedgwick County Health Department, that near 60% of Sedgwick County wanted to get the vaccine. And they were a little frustrated because they needed that to be between 80 to 90% for them to, what they say, to get herd immunity. Now, I'm not going to be getting it. Mrs. Voice of Reason's not going to be getting it. Little Voice of Reason will not be getting it uh, because we don't like it. I don't want to get the vaccine. I don't need to get the vaccine. I don't need to get a vaccine to continuously wear a mask. I don't need to get a vaccine, in my opinion, if I can boost my immune system on my own, which I do by taking vitamins, by doing, you know, exercising and staying healthy, by doing breath work, by doing certain things to boost my immune system. Obviously, some people can't do that, understandably, but I won't be getting the vaccine. Um, so are you planning on getting it if they open it up to the general public? And at what point do we actually force and mandate the schools to reopen again for in-person learning uh, and at what point within the vaccination distribution plan do we say now is the time for you to actually open back up? There was a bill that was actually requiring schools to open back up right now. As you know, they're getting massive amounts of money from the federal government in this latest COVID-19 relief package that there was a bill going through the state legislature trying to force schools to offer in-person learning. And it failed, which really blew my mind. I don't understand why. Now, before we get into that bill. How much money, here's the question of the day, how much money are the schools actually getting? The schools are getting millions of dollars from the federal government right now. Millions. All over the country. Every little school district, big school district, little school district, all the schools are getting millions of dollars of, of cash from the federal government. Why? I don't really quite know because they haven't really spent a whole lot of money this last year because of the remote learning. They have haven't had to run the buses they haven't had to do as much upkeep on the buildings. They haven't run had to pay for as many utilities. They haven't had to pay for the gas for the school buses. They haven't had to pay for the upkeep of, you know, maybe the, the, the janitorial services. I mean, they haven't had to do as much with online services. Now they've had to buy laptops for the students or tablets for the students and some resources for online resources. But that didn't come out of their pockets for the school districts. That came out of the PPEs. That came out of the relief from the federal government. So the school districts got all this money at the beginning of the year, ended up not opening, doing the remote learning, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of in-person learning, but they're stashing the money away. They still have the record number of emergency fund safety nets, quote unquote, emergency funds for the school districts at record levels. They stashed away, stashed away, stashed away. They requested more money. They got all the PPE money for cleaning stuff and for the masks and for the sanitation and for the tablets and for the online remote learning and for that. They got all the stuff. 
They didn't have to pay for any of that out of pocket, and now they're getting millions of dollars more, and the federal COVID-19 relief package did not mandate the schools to open nationwide. It just said, here's a bunch of money, which I'm not quite sure why we did that. I mean, the $1.9 trillion package is only going to bankrupt this country, and we're not even setting mandates for people when they get the money. Just, here you go. So at the statewide level, we start looking at a mandate to push to say, you know what, it's time for you to open. We're vaccinating everybody here. The teachers are already getting the vaccinations. I mean, a month ago, we were talking about the school districts getting their teachers and staff vaccinated uh, at the school district level so they can start talking about opening up. But you're still going to have a few of those that are like, I just don't feel comfortable. There's going to be a lot of kids. I'm going to get sick. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of kids you get sick because they, you know, and sneeze, spread their snot all over the place, and they're just little gross little creatures. That's what kids do. Because that's who they are. But study after study after study that's slowly coming out and leaking out from the mainstream media really shows that the children can't really get the virus. And if they do get the virus, they can't transmit the virus because they're not they're, they're usually asymptomatic. There has been like one child death in the entire country uh, related to COVID-19. There might be a couple. I, have, I don't remember. I'm, I mean, in Kansas, I think there was one six-year-old or something. But outside of that, uh, kids really can't get the virus. Kids can't really transmit the virus. Kids can't really show symptoms of the virus. They're asymptomatic. And according to the latest national study from children is that you could actually get within a three-foot radius, and there is zero difference for children between being three feet apart and six feet apart for the social distancing. There's zero difference. They did a study. They watched these children and how they reacted, and there was zero difference between a three-foot social distancing and a six-foot social distancing, which many of the districts are saying, the school districts, are saying that's what the problem was, was that there we can't really have all these kids come back into class when we're trying to social distance, when we're trying to actually keep these kids all separated, when we're trying to keep them apart from each other. There's just not enough space. Not out of space, we can't keep them all in the same classroom and keep them distant like that uh, with all these distancing rules. So they did the study. Okay, you know what? You can cut that in half and do two to three feet. But they don't want to do that because they feel uncomfortable now. They feel very triggered now. So at what point do we force the schools to open? But right now the latest bill out of Topeka said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to do that. And the bill failed. At least 25 Republicans voted against the bill backed by the GOP leaders, which they say comes as a surprise. That's a huge surprise. Massive surprise. What the heck happened? Why aren't we forcing the schools to open back up? And in your mind, at what point do we actually say now is the time for you to open? Because now we have essentially gone an entire school year where we've missed out. The failing grades have tripled and quadrupled across the nation as an average. More students are now failing than ever before in education because try and get them to pay attention to an online remoting, uh, remote learning tablet or laptop or something early in the morning, trying to do all the work, trying to keep up, trying to pay attention, trying to keep their attention when they're sitting there looking at a computer screen all day long. It just doesn't happen. Even good students are struggling. I'll tell you a little story. My little voice reason. She's six. Try and get her, first grader, trying to get her to pay attention to a school uh, classes all day long. She knows her stuff. Mrs. Voice of Reason works really, really hard and helps her study, and she aces her spelling test, and she's doing really well in her math, and she's doing that stuff. But her report card, you know what the report card said? She's she's satisfactory and doing very well in every single category except for engagement in class. 
That's the only one, engagement in class, because she drifts off. She doesn't follow along sometimes. She doesn't pay attention to the teacher. If the teacher calls on her, uh, she's still kind of shy at six where she doesn't like to talk unless you know, she actually knows. So she just sits there and stares when they're even trying to call on her. She doesn't engage because she's on a laptop. And you know what? I'm totally cool with it. I'm all right. Where even though where that says needs work or whatever, needs improvement, all the other stuff, she knows her spelling, she knows her reading, she knows her math, she knows her stuff, she knows what she's doing, she just doesn't engage in class, and she drifts off and doesn't pay attention to the teacher sometimes. You know what? I'm okay with it. Totally cool. I got no problem with that whatsoever, and you know, not grumpy about it, not mad at her in any way, shape, or form, because it's a weird year, and if she knows her stuff, which is essentially just homeschooling with Mrs. Voice of Reason... If it's just essentially homeschooling, then I'm totally cool with that. I'm all right. So they can try and tell us that we need to work on that, but I'm not going to have her uh, be taught to sit there and stare at a computer screen for hours on end because, well, that's what we just have to do. Force the schools to open back up, get them back in the classroom, and if the teacher doesn't feel comfortable going back to work and going back into the classroom, they can find a different job. I know it's tough love, but that's really what needs to happen. We've had essential businesses open this entire time. We've had customer service people that have been open this entire time. You wear a mask if you feel uncomfortable, but the studies show that the children do not transmit the virus as much. They, they're they asymptomatic, so they don't get any symptoms of the virus. They very rarely take it home. You can socially distance at two to three feet instead of six feet. Everything is going to be fine at this time. At this time, right now. So what are we waiting for? Get the schools open now. Do it now. Come on, do it right now. Drives me nuts. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, am I right? Am I wrong? Should we be opening up right now or should we be waiting until more of the vaccine gets distributed uh, to, uh, throughout the community? Should we open it up to the general mass public? Should we start doing the studies on getting the vaccine to children or should we just open up right now? To see what actually happens. Uh, it's 20. You know what? Let's go ahead and take a phone call before we take a break. 316-721-8255. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, let's go with Larry. Larry, what's going on, sir? How are you? I'm a teacher in 259 Wichita. Okay. And um, right on board with you, man. It's scary. Very, very scary. The dribble that the district puts out. And essentially the latest thing is... They're just going to kind of turn a blind eye to the, oh, it was six feet, mandatory. You had to have your desk spaced apart, wasted hours and hours measuring rooms and situating rooms and desks. And now, now it was three feet, but now after spring break, we're bringing every kid back that wants to come back face-to-face. And, well, we just can't accommodate that three-feet rule in every classroom, so we're just going to ignore it when it's convenient. But <laughs> otherwise, we really mean business. Wow. That's crazy. So uh, a normal classroom with the with the desks usually separate. I mean, how far apart is that? Maybe a foot, two foot? Oh, yeah. Back to back. Yeah, the kids' heads a couple feet apart at best. But like you said, no significant data that's serious scientific data shows that kids are transmitting this. Right. A, to each other, B, to teachers. And the real issue is the UTW has gone in there whined and complained so much and used their what clout they have left to scare the board members into not bringing kids back to school because they whine and complain so much about it. And I'm with you. If they don't like it, if cheeseburgers have been your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the last 15 years and you smoke cigarettes and you drink 32 ounces of Mountain Dew three times a day and you're worried about COVID, that's on you. Go find a different job. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's Every single thing that has been taught this year 
is a complete wash down the drain. Unbelievable. Now, I've, I've heard the school district did open up the vaccinations to teachers so far, haven't they? They have. Okay, they have. All right. Do you know most of the yep, teachers? They, are they getting it? Are they uh, Now that they've got it, do you think um, they're comf- confident coming back in? Oh, that's the other issue. If they, they complain that they have to get it, and now they still don't want to go back to work. Wow. The union mentality. They union don't want mentality. to go back to work even with it. They'd rather just keep getting paid full and more salaries to teach from home, a lot of them, with the manual quarantine if you get around anybody. and Sure. It's just crazy. Unbelievable. Have you seen, I mean, as a teacher, have you seen some of the grades dropping because of the remote learning? Oh, absolutely. You've got some of your best kids that are just turning into zombies because they're not being challenged in any way. And the kids that do need the most assistance aren't getting it because it's next to diff. It's really difficult to, you know, transfer that um, learning through the computer and give those kids the services they need through the computer. Wow. Next to impossible. It's scary. Larry, I appreciate the call, my friend, very much so. And keep it up. And uh, it's sad that you have to go through this and fight the school district and the teachers' unions. But keep up the fight because educating the youth is the greatest part of the next generation. So I appreciate that call very much. And thanks for the insight on the school district. Uh, How scary. How scary. Uh, When the science backs them up to be afraid, then they embrace it. But when the science backs up the other side to say, it's okay, you can calm down, you can take a break, and you can actually get back to normal. Then they just don't want to do it because, well, maybe money, maybe just the fear tactics. I don't know what's going on, but it's very concerning. So appreciate that call very much. We'll take a break. 24 minutes past the hour. we got lots to get to here on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Seven minutes past the hour. Welcome back into Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 1025 FM KQAM. Starting you off on a Saturday morning, getting you moving, doing the thing. Appreciate you hanging out with us today. All presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Phil's Coins, buying, selling, and trading all your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. Make sure to go and check them out. David Schneider, he'll be joining us after the bottom of the hour break in just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned in for that one. Appreciate the phone calls. And I want to continue on this conversation just a little bit with the education because it said there is now a generation uh, that they're calling now the Generation C. The Generation C, which is the COVID generation. Now, here's the crazy part about this. Is that they're saying that it's any kid that is like, uh, what they say, 10 or 12 years old now, all the way up to children that will be born by the mid 2040s, like 2048, any kid between that's already been born now to anything that's go- any kid that's going to be born over the next 20 years, they're considering now the generation C, the generation COVID, because of how COVID has transformed and changed this entire generation moving forward. I mean, we've now essentially written off an entire year of education, which breaks my heart. I mean, these kids, uh, are they going to be held back a year? Are we just going to change how education is going to be done to where we just move the curriculums up a year to where, oh, what you learned in second grade, you're not going to learn in third grade because, well, you missed a year, but you're still growing. So now we just need to teach uh, teach the same thing. Um, Where does this end if we just continue on with remote learning? And with the education, and if the kids just aren't grasping it from doing it from home, then how do we get them back on track? And are we going to, how much education are we going to lose because of something like this? And if it's going to the Generation C, which is the kids being born over the next 20 years, what the heck does that mean? 
doing more from home, doing more remote learning? Are they going to try and make this a semi-permanent thing? Like, what the heck's going on? And why are we having a generation that's going to be a 20-year span with kids that aren't even born yet from one year of a virus that we shouldn't have shut down the way we did, that we shouldn't have created the fear tactics, in my opinion, that we did? Is it a deadly virus? Sure, you do some precautions and you're fine. But when you just disregard the science for the fear tactics and politics of it, then it's been taken to, I think, another level. It's sad and it's concerning. Got to take a break. Bottom of the hour news. When we come back, David Schneider, he's the uh, head, the director, the state director for the Convention of States Movement here in the state of Kansas. Where are we with that in Topeka, plus the rally that's coming up next week that you can be a part of as well. All coming up here on Kansas Talk. Stay here. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and moving for the day. It's a beautiful day out there. I have to admit, though, I feel like I'm dragging today. I think it was just a crazy week. It was a good week. It was a productive week, but man, uh, just slow moving. So let's get you up. Let's get you pumped. Let's get you ready to go today. And the first day of spring, hard to believe. That means, like, beautiful weather. That also means, I guess, like, storm season at some point. (laughs) I don't know. But uh, I love it. Love it. So glad to be back here in Kansas. It's been one year. I made the announcement a couple days ago on the show. It's been one year since I came back to the Wichita area already. I can't believe it's already been a year, and I am happy to be back. So welcome into the show today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Kansas Talk always presented by... Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. They are officially open as of right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also check them out online at philscoins.com for all your buying, selling, and trading needs with your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. Just a little programming note for you as well before we get to our next guest here is I don't know if you heard our changes during our weekday lineup for KQAM. Was really excited about some of those changes as we've been working on some things to try and up the ante a little bit and get some consistent programming for you. I love it because we are live now all day long from 6 a.m. to midnight. We are live, live programming, live shows all day long here on KQAM, which I'm really excited about. So uh, we still have, obviously, John Wright, your morning news from 6 to 8 a.m. in the mornings. We have Brian Kilmeade live from 8 to 11 in the mornings as well with Fox News. Uh, But now we have Dana Lesh, the Dana Show, back live 11 to 2 middays for you to enjoy. You can call into her program. You can talk to her. She is live every day at that time. We have Dave Ramsey live 2 to 4 now as we did uh, a while back, I believe, with Dave Ramsey. You can call into him, and I know a lot of people love calling into Dave Ramsey from the Wichita area, so that's awesome, the fact that you're paying attention and listening to, listening to KQAM, listening to Dave Ramsey. My show now, the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason, is now live at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. No longer are we delay, uh, tape delaying it at 8 o'clock. It is now live at 4. Now, you, you can't really call into the program because we're on so many other stations that don't carry it live. I just don't take any calls, nor do I really have time to take calls on it. But you can always email me at network at gmail.com. Uh, network at gmail.com. You can always email me, and I love doing our little mailbox segment and talking about emails. But we are live at 4 o'clock here in the Wichita area on our flagship station here, which is super exciting. Then, of course, Joe Peggs from 5 to 8. We do have Armed American Radio at 8 o'clock now. And then Jimbo Hannon. The Jimbo Hannon Show live from 9 to midnight. So we are live, I guess, except for the one hour of Armed American Radio. We are live all day long 
and it's super awesome. So make sure to check it out, our new lineup here on KQAM. And we're super excited, and it's a way to kick off 2021 as things begin to open back up and have some live stuff for you to be able to enjoy. All right, let's talk about the latest in the state of Kansas here. As you know, there's been some interesting bills up in Topeka, and because of COVID, there hasn't been a whole lot of activism, as in like people showing up. I remember the years. I remember back in my day that uh, there used to be tons of rallies, tons of protests, tons of things going on in Topeka during the state legislative sessions so we could voice our opinion and let our legislators know what was actually going on. I don't know how much of that has actually happened this year. Just because of COVID, because of the concerns of the virus, and I don't know, because of maybe the coldness standing outside in the negative 25-degree weather, I would have done it, but I don't know how many other people would have done it to stand out there and actually voice your opinion during uh, some of that. So there is a rally on Tuesday next week in Topeka at the Capitol grounds. Now, it's on numerous different issues. But one of the issues that, of course, that's there that's being presented now, finally, at the end of the session, and hopefully we can finally, finally make this happen here in in Kansas, is extremely important. And and, uh, the guy to talk about that and organizing this rally, along with other things as well, he is the state director for the Convention of States. He's also with Open Up Kansas. It's Mr. David Schneider with us. David, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Hey, Andy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's good to talk to you again. It's been a little bit. Uh, It's been... It's been a while since you've actually been able to hold a rally up there, hasn't it? Uh, it's been in, since last summer, you bet. And we held quite a few last year as far as the Open Up Kansas movement. Uh, we certainly were protesting the mandates, and we gridlocked the, the uh, Capitol Square there this earlier last year, when this about one year ago right now when the mandates started coming down. So we're going back to the Capitol. We haven't been there in a while this session. Um, it has been pretty much a... Like you said, it's been lacking of activism. Um, it's a big reason people have been staying home. It's really interesting. It's been kind of a, a, a ghost building, pretty much. The, the legislators walk around, not a lot of folks in there, certainly no school kids visiting like there normally is. Yeah. Uh, teachers aren't bringing in those uh, those groups of kids and things like that. But it's uh, really no rallies have been going on, no big organization. We're going to change that next Tuesday, noon, at, at the Capitol. We are meeting outside. Uh, we are going to have the rally outside. And we've got some wonderful speakers starting to be li- lined up for that particular event. Uh, we've got uh, former Governor Jeff Collier that's going to be there. Uh, Mark Meckler, who's flying in for Convention of States, yeah. as well as he's, he, he formed the uh, Tea Party Patriots back in the day. Um, we have former congressional uh, candidate Adrian Foster is going to be there. From Wichita, we got uh, David Thorne's going to be in and going to speak. Um, I'm going to be there as well, talking about a lot of these issues. Uh, we're hoping to line up a few more legislators, talk about their bills. You know, especially um, you know the women's sports bill that's that's going through right now. It looks like it just passed the Senate, uh, but it's going to need some help to to fight that governor's veto that's going to be happening more than likely once it gets through the House. And, of course, Convention of States is a big issue. That's going to be in the state Senate here very soon. And uh, it looks like a committee is going to be scheduled up this next week. And so certainly just rallying around all these different efforts and really just trying to promote patriotism, get people to the Capitol, understand that it is open, and uh, bring your flags. We want to see lots of patriotism. We've got a DJ set up already that's going to be there pumping the patriotic music and really get people pumped up. 
It's gonna. It sounds like it's going to be a great rally, and hopefully it's going to be some great weather as well so people can get out and actually enjoy this. Before we get into some of the other bills, let's talk about convention estates. We've tried this for uh, a numerous amount of years now in Kansas. Hasn't quite gotten there, hasn't quite been able to uh, do what it needs to do in the state. Other states have obviously joined on, and it's time for us to get on board with this. Uh, do, you, do you feel better about this year? We're a little bit more conservative. We have more of a Republican majority in these legislatures uh, in both chambers. Do you think we can actually get this through this year? I really do. I think uh, with the leadership of Ty Masterson in the Senate, who's going to be shepherding this through the, the state Senate this year, I really think that with his leadership, we can get her done. Um, you know, our goal is to get through the Senate this particular calendar year and maybe move it over to the next calendar year and finish up next year and really have the opportunity to get the House in order to ensure that we get final passage early next year, maybe in January. But uh, that's really the goal is to, to move this thing through the Senate. And um, Ty Masterson has been amazing and in, in this, in this in lining it up for us, um, really working his, uh, his, his caucus and ensuring that Convention of the States is going to get a great, great showing there in the Senate this year. Yeah, that would be really nice. Now, for those that may not know, we've ta- I mean, obviously we've talked about this for a numerous amount of years, but those that may be new to this program or may be new to the hearing about this, the Convention of States movement, what is it? And how many states nationwide have joined on to this so far? You bet. So Article 5 of the United States Constitution says the states can join or ask or apply, essentially, to be a part of a convention or to call a convention of states uh, to propose amendments to the United States Constitution. Um, This provision is right there in Article 5, and it's a way of bypassing the federal government to get reforms on the federal government. Our founding fathers were ingenious in the fact that they put all kinds of checks and balances in the Constitution, and one of those such checks is in Article 5 and for the states to use for when the federal government grew to be too big and tyrannical, as we're seeing right now, right? It's a perfect time, a perfect opportunity to push back. We're seeing all kinds of craziness come out of Washington, D.C. with H.R. 1 that looks like it's got some legs um, and various other things that executive orders that are being passed down by the Biden administration. So right now is a great opportunity for this to be used. Uh, there's 15 states that have already signed on this, including a lot of our neighbors like uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, uh, and North Dakota, some of our closest neighbors, but um, uh, 15 total states, um, great, um, great states that have already joined in, and we're looking to add Kansas to that list right now. Now, the convention that we're working on right now, that is a set convention. It's not like the rules change or the different topics change on it. It's a specific convention for specific items right now, correct? That's correct. And the convention that we're trying to we're asking for, we're applying for, is to put term limits on federal officials, including members of Congress, as well as fiscal restraints. So anything like a balanced budget or tax reform or even a repeal of the income tax would be amazing as part of those fiscal restraints. But really... And then the third the third uh, topic would be anything that reduces the size, scope, and jurisdiction of the federal government. So anything that reduces the size and uh, scope of the powers of the federal government and moving it back to closer to you and I here in the state of Kansas. That would be really nice. I, it just it still boggles my mind after all these years that we've talked about this issue and this this convention of states why we haven't jumped on board with Kansas being a predominantly Republican, predominantly conservative state with a conservative legislature, and we haven't been able to get this through and join some of the other states um, that need to uh, to get that number in order to make this convention happen. It still boggles my mind why we haven't done this. Well, there's been multiple hurdles, uh, one of them being a two-thirds rule that we've been playing with here in the state of Kansas as far as we've had to have a two-thirds majority. 
and trying to get two thirds of anything is really tough. And, and this issue is, is certainly right there. Um, we're seeing that right now with, you know, anything that the, the legislators pass right now has to face that same threshold because governor is going to veto it. And it comes back to them. They got to override that veto with a two thirds vote. So right now we're in that same boat. Only the governor has no say in convention of states. So we just have to have the two thirds up front. That, traditionally, that's what we've always faced as well as some conservatives or some well-meaning conservatives are just scared. Um, they listen to the talking points that the liberals have put out there and the fact that this is going to run away and do away with their constitution, which is complete malarkey, but it is what it is. Uh, they, they're fearful of this process. They don't understand it. And I think uh, and, and a drive-by constitutionalist is going to just take those uh, easy talking points of fear and uh, without doing a lot of research, research into the subject matter, they're going to buy into some of that fear. And that's what we've been facing here in the state of Kansas. Yeah, that's a wild time. Well, as you mentioned, people can go and support this with the rally on Tuesday uh, coming up next week. And Mark Meckler, as you mentioned, with the National Convention of States Movement, will be there to speak, which is really exciting. It's really cool. And we've talked with him numerous times on the air as well. So uh, that'll be cool to get him back into the state of Kansas. But outside of that event, as you or outside of that just message, there's other things that you mentioned that uh, you guys are going to be rallying about just to at least just get people back to the Capitol because there's some big legislation. I mean, we have the ending of the emergency declaration. Maybe we can actually get masks optional across the state. That would actually be nice. The social distancing optional a little bit, getting schools opened up again just a little bit. Uh, plus, we have the uh, trans uh, the trans athlete student thing going on for the women and girls sports mm-hmm. as well. So there's a lot of different things that people should be able to show up and actually voice their opinion about. Yeah, and I think our, our our speakers that we're lining up is really going to highlight a lot of these different subject matters and um, really put the, you know, I was listening to you earlier as far as opening the schools up statewide. That's a big issue as well. We really need to work on that with the legislature. It's, it is it is surprising we haven't had that vote as well as having enough support in the legislature to get that done yet. But as a big part of what we need to have happen in the state of Kansas and we're going to we're going to bring the important people together and we're going to talk about it there on Tuesday. You bet. That's going to be awesome. Let's talk about some of those issues for a second. I mean, we're going into a budget year where I mean, we came into this one really about 11 to 12 million dollars short in the state budget. We see some bailouts coming out from the federal government, but uh, have you heard anything from your side and are you guys going to discuss anything with many of the legislators about maybe the tax bills or the spending bills that may be coming out of Topeka because it sounds like we may be in store for some potential tax increases. Yeah, we certainly will be talking about that. Um, Ty Masterson is going to be one of our speakers at our event as well, and I know he's a big champion of uh, lowering taxes. And I, but it's it's going to be a challenging um, challenging point this year, certainly with the budget and the situation it is. But it is certainly something we need to talk about. Um, I am very much against raising taxes in the state of Kansas. We're already overtaxed in this state. And certainly something we need to fight at all costs. Um, we really need to reduce our spending across the state, which uh, there's a lot of things that are, are waste, fraud, and abuse in this state government. And uh, we need to really take a hard look at a lot of those things before yeah. we can even talk about increasing taxes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the other bills, of course, that caused a lot of controversy was, of course, the uh, the, the uh, transsexual athletes that are participating in some of the girls and women's sports. Uh, that's going through the legislature right now. Do you think it's going to go anywhere? Do you th- obviously, the governor's probably going to veto that one. But do you think we have enough numbers in the legislature to override and actually make that happen? It's, I, I think it's going to be close, and it's the only way that it's going to get the override uh, possible is a lot of grassroots support for the effort, 
And we just saw a veto happen up in South Dakota with their good governor, right? And the fact that uh, she just vetoed their bill, and they're going to have to look at overriding that veto in the state of South Dakota. The same thing definitely will happen in Kansas. Once it goes through the House, it's already passed the Senate. It didn't pass with a veto-proof margin in the Senate. There's about three short in the Senate, so right there where there's about three folks that need to be worked on in the Senate. I don't know exactly what the numbers are going to be in the House, but um, my guess is there will be a little short as well on, this, on the House side. So there's going to be a lot of activism needed to make sure that this bill gets through as far as veto-proof margins. I love it. we got just about a minute left or so, but talk about, again, the rally on Tuesday. What time is it? Where can people uh, show up, and how can they support you guys? Yeah, get to Topeka Tuesday. Um, be sure to show up before noon. We'll start things and kicking them off a little early with music and, and gathering of uh, folks there at the Capitol steps right outside the Capitol building. Um, I'm not asking anybody to wear masks or anything. It is personal responsibility. So if you, you want to wear a mask, go right <laughs> ahead. But uh, we're not going to tell you to wear one. It is a personal liberties type issue for me, for sure. Um, I don't wear one in the Capitol when I go in the building as well. So it is the 23rd at noon at the Capitol, um, and um, be sure to be there a little early, and uh, we'll get things going soon there right after noon. It's going to be a lot of fun. As you mentioned, a great lineup of great speakers as well, so hopefully you get a good turnout and good luck. It's David Schneider with the Convention of States, State Director for Convention of States, also with Open Up Kansas as well. David, it's good to talk to you again, brother, and keep me posted. Let's get you on here again soon. Uh, thanks, Andy. Yeah, always a pleasure. Always good to talk to you, David. We appreciate that. We'll take a break here. We'll wrap up hour number one. Lots more to get to. I want to get your phone calls plus hour number two, the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. We'll be talking about their upcoming gun show as well. Now's the time to kind of, you know, get your firearm and see some cool stuff before the federal government tells you you're not allowed to do so. We'll talk about all that and more coming up here on Candace Talk here on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. It's a Saturday. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again to David Schneider coming on the program, the state director for the Convention of States movement. Kind of interesting. I'd love to have that discussion again and get your thoughts because there's a mixed review on that issue from the Republican conservative side. So I'd love to really sit down and spend some time talking about that issue here in the next few weeks as well as we slowly move forward with that in the state legislature. I'd love to see that movement actually get some traction here in the state. Uh, is that going to be the end-all, save-all? No, but is it a good start? Absolutely. Should we attack this issue at all angles? Absolutely. Try and fix it from within the D.C., which, ha, that's going to be really funny, and then trying to fix it from outside as well from numerous different angles, and that's just one way to go after the issues like term limits, like you know a balanced budget, like trying to cut spending, like holding accountability at the federal level. Uh, it's a great way to do it, and Kansas should be on board with something like that, in my humble opinion. All right, we got just about a minute or so left before we wrap up hour number one. Hour two, we'll have the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. They'll be joining us here in studio. Uh, and if you haven't been here to listen to the, one of those programs yet, it's always a blast. So we'll have them in studio. Make sure to find us on the live streaming on Facebook.com slash 1480KQAM and watch the live stream because uh, we get to they bring a lot of firearms in studio, as always, and we get to show them on the video screen. So uh, have some fun and see some of those if you like to see some of the antique guns that they have, which is really, really cool. And I love that. Uh, so we'll do that here in just a little bit for hour number two. Real quickly, though, I don't know if you heard or not, but we officially have, officially, unofficially, have two candidates now for the governor's race next year. 
Yes, we only have to deal with one more year of Governor Laura Kelly. Thank God. It's gone by really fast. Thank God. And um, <laughs> good riddance. Hopefully we can get rid of her. I still predict she is going to be a one-term governor, and we'll see who takes that spot. Now, so far, two candidates have announced that they're going to be running, and that is Attorney General Derek Schmidt on the Republican side and former Governor Jeff Collier. Just announced a couple of days ago that he's not officially announcing, but he's already got the campaign team up and ready to roll. The campaigns are already starting for the big election next year. Who's going to take that slot and who are going to be all the candidates jumping in? Of course, this is very early, but they probably see that as an opportunity to go after Governor Kelly because of how terribly she's been handling so many issues in the state of Kansas. And uh, I agree or disagree on that one, but they see some great opportunities. So a lot of Republicans are going to be jumping in. I see another like seven or eight person um, candidacy <laughs> running for the governor's race. And we'll see who prevails. But so far, too, Derek Schmidt, Jeff Collier already in the race, jumping in, ready to make that one happen. Who else is going to be a contestant for the governor's race of 2022? We'll talk about some of that more when we come back as well. It's hour number two again to talk right around the corner. Stay here. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It's our number two at Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 102.5 FM KQAM. Great Saturday morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today, trying to get you up and moving for the day. If you're not awake, the heck's wrong with you, man? Staying up all late and all night. Good Lord. Welcome in 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you. It's all presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. They are officially open right now this morning until 2.30 this afternoon, also during the week as well. And you can always visit their website at philscoins.com. And we appreciate them very much partnering up and providing the show to you each and every week. I'm excited. So we do this about twice a year here on the show. And since I've been gone for a year, I haven't had a chance to do this. So now we're back. And if you don't, if, if you're not on there yet, go on there at facebook.com slash 1480kqm. You can watch the live stream because we have some fun stuff to show you. As uh, I love getting these guys in here with the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association, their gun show coming up Friday or Saturday and Sunday next week at Hartman Arena from 9 to 5 and 9 to 4 on Sunday. And as the, the look, I know the Second Amendment, huge issue right now as we see legislation coming out of the federal government wanting to put more restrictions on firearms and the gun shows. They love trying to demonize the gun shows. So now's the time to get out there, learn some more information, see some really cool stuff, and then possibly even get a firearm. So welcome, guys. Let's go down the line for uh, the listeners and for each of you. If you just want to say your name and how long you've been with the organization. David Brown. I've been with the organization for about 2007. So. Oh, okay. Very good. I'm uh, Jim Wishart. I've been uh, with the organization about five years. Five years. Fantastic. Uh, Joe Bass, about a year and a half. Joe, very good. Well, welcome. I appreciate you guys coming in here. I love having you guys in studio because it's always such a great conversation to talk about firearms, to talk about the antique firearms, talk about the gun show. Uh, now, last year, I know, I'm sure, was probably an interesting year with COVID. Did you guys have a gun show at all last year? A year ago. 
A year we, ago. Uh, okay. A year ago, that's when it got canceled. Ooh. And it's amazing. Isn't it nice that the commission allowed the concert to go on the Thursday night, but then they closed down our gun show mm. on the next weekend? How dare How you. wonderful. And we we took it in the shorts on that one. So, But yeah. we're ready. We had a gun show after that, the, the, the following gun show, the fall gun show. It was okay. a good show. People were ready. They wanted they wanted it. So. I'm going to say, people being cooped up for a year, I'm sure <laughs> yep. that they were ready to get out. And then well, um, even six months showed that they were ready to get out oh so, yeah oh yeah, yeah. They, they were ready to, they were ready they, we had a good 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 crowd good show good good it's good to get them out it's good to get people out and about but then i'm sure that with everything going on the the unrest that we saw with the frustration going on i'm sure firearms were kind of a top priority for people as well that showed up to the gun show right oh yeah with 80 million new uh, or <laughs> 8 million new uh, gun owners yeah it took a big interest it's funny because healthcare workers seem to be the biggest purchasers by demographic really so it's it's kind of amazing how that works out Healthcare workers. Yeah. I never. One you would think about that. Think, but don't think too long. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to ponder that one for a while. That's really interesting. There, the the healthcare workers showing up. Mm-hmm. So this gun show, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be next Saturday and Sunday. Uh, doors open at nine a.m. each day. Yes, they uh, do. Till five o'clock on Saturday. Till four o'clock on Sunday. How many vendors are you guys expecting for this one? Uh, According to Joe, that we've got about 130 vendors, which is an wow. uptick. So we, we've got a lot of interest, and it's some ammunition. So I know it's hard to come by, but I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be there some, is some ammunition. There, there is some ammunition out there. Hey. There'll be some reloading stuff out there. So um, we should have some. So I may have to show up and try and get some. I've been. I cannot find 45s anywhere. Yeah, I anywhere I can't find any 45s. That's why I started reloading again. I mean, it's just yeah. <laughs> it's just, I can uh, for the I do have enough powder and primers to get by for a while, but it, uh, the shortage is from the uptick in arms sales. That's yeah. what it's really from. Oh, it's sure. just when you buy a new gun, you want ammo, and it's just been a mass rush by firearms. Yeah, really, the last year it's been a mass yes. r- mass rush, um, and that's why basically. Uh, the manufacturers just can't keep up with the firearm and the ammunition production and the of reloading and the reloading site. Reloading's huge in this country. And it, yeah. it, it's hard to even get that stuff right now. So Yeah, that's crazy. But yeah. maybe there'll be a little bit of that there with, of course, tons of firearms. Now, I want to remind everybody that with the uh, Chisholm Trail Anti-Gun Association gun shows, it's not just antique guns. You can get any kind of firearm you guys want, right? Legal, yes. Yeah, legal. Yes. Well, legal. Yes, yes, yes sir. <laughs> yeah, it's, we, we run the, from, from Flinders. I'd like a bazooka, please. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, we run everything from Flinders to the most modern AR style and, and long-range uh, competition for sport rifles. So, yeah, you can get, you know, it, it all shows up there eventually. Wow. It, it's amazing. There's been some real historical pieces. Well, you've seen Wes's, some of his collection. I mean, yeah. he's bought all of that of our gun show. Almost all of that has come through our gun show. And some wow. of these are historic pieces. Sure. So it's it's wonderful. But, yeah, it's it's amazing. So It is amazing. Yeah. It really is. Let's talk about the process of if you go there, you go to the show. Uh, what's, first off, let's talk about the, the price of the door, the, the requirements to show up, the mask wearing, that sort of thing, um, to go to the show for next weekend okay the uh, attendance at the door is twelve dollars it gets okay. you in both days with the, well, you keep your uh, keep your ticket stub and get a hand stamp you can get in both days okay children 12 and under free but please don't drop them off at the door They're, that's supposed to be accompanied by an adult so <laughs> here you go kids <laughs> yeah, go have fun yeah, as far as the mask masks are required it's, it's part of the, the the guidelines that's followed but i want to remind everybody of why we're wearing the masks and mm-hmm. why they came to be in the first place it's to stop mucus and and sneeze and cough projections mm-hmm. And the six feet rule. That's where that all came from. 
It does nothing to stop natural aspiration of coronavirus. Yes. But we still must wear the masks for the sneeze and the cough cart. Sure. That's why we're wearing them. Interesting. So that's, yeah. uh, I want to just remind people of that. It is required, and that is why. Yes. That, well, that's very because true. Because it's not stated uh, enough. Uh, you got to wear a mask. you got to wear a mask. <laughs> well, but now they they don't tell you to wear why. two masks. Yeah. I mean, now you just wear two to three masks and you're fine. Then you're 90% covered from the virus, apparently. You know, I have a hard time thinking people actually believe that. I don't know. I've seen people driving their cars with their windows rolled up by themselves wearing two masks. So, uh, yeah. I can't, you know, I, 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 I mean, don't have anything for that. It's, it's, it's just one of those, that, here's your sign. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the process. You go in there, you find a firearm that you really, really like. Mm -hmm. What's the process at a gun show to purchase a firearm? It's just like buying it at, at the sporting goods show downtown. You still have our store downtown. You still have to go through the background check system. It's you, you just, you're just not going to get around it. Yeah. And if you're buying, selling, well, what about and, that whole gun show loophole thing? Yeah, there's, that's uh, that's that was created by politicians who are trying to make a name for themselves. A gun show loophole is fictitious. It doesn't <laughs> exist. No law is around to allow people to to circumvent the background check purchasing power. So. I would always recommend that if you're buying, selling, and trading at a personal level, to go ahead and pay the fee and get a firearms dealer to do the transfer. It's it, it it's best insurance you can buy. Mm. Keep the personal transfer, but do yourself a favor. Go ahead and go through a a dealer. It, sure. It's just good. It's just good judgment and good reason. Sure. Now, do you have to do the same thing to get the ammunition as well? No. No. Okay. But you do have to be of age. Uh, you have to be of age, exactly. So at least there's some form of identification to prove yourself that yes. uh, you're not 12 years yeah. old trying Nothing to buy Nothing is. This isn't a free-for-all like it's painted to be. No, exactly. I mean, that's what, that's really what they do try to paint, is that yes. these gun shows is everybody's just, you know, swapping guns and just running out with them and just, you know, just so bad they, guys going and getting whatever they want to. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's the art of misrepresentation. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, let's uh, uh, let's take a break here real quick. When we come back, you have a plethora of firearms. It makes me very happy. We're always the most heavily armed studio <laughs> in America when you guys come in here which i love because there are at least two rifles there's a entire table full of handguns right now uh, in the studio so don't try anything progressives um and we'll talk about um some of these firearms that you guys brought we'll talk about the stories behind some of these and then talk about just the organization itself how many members do you have in the organization right now well i think we're still around 180 170. wow 170 that's a big club yeah it's a it's, it's a good club and it's an active club yeah. It's an active club, but you have to be active to be part of it. We do so many things. Really? So, yeah. That's awesome. Well, we'll talk about that as well with what stuff you guys have going on and how people can join that one as well. Take a break here on Kansas Talk. It's the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. Their gun show coming up next weekend at Hartman Arena. It's going to be a great time. And if it's any involvement or interest in you in any way, shape, or form with the Second Amendment, now's the time for you to go and enjoy that stuff as well. We'll continue that when we come back here on KQAM. Into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Joe Pags live with The Weekend. He's coming up in about 40 minutes on KQAM at 11 o'clock. Make sure to stay tuned in for that one. And real quickly, just as a programming note, on our sister station, a sports radio KGSO, 
We have your radio broadcast of the March Madness Basketball Tournaments. They start at 11 o'clock. We have four games today, four games tomorrow, four games on Monday. We had four games yesterday. We started off with the two games on Thursday. It's all right on Sports Radio KGSO. And uh, all of our great sponsors partnered up with that one. Uh, again, 1410 AM, 93.9 FM. You can listen to that starting at 11 o'clock today. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned in for that for all of your basketball craziness. And I have my winning bracket that busted yesterday from the first round of games. So you have that going for you as well. In studio with the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association, let's talk about some fun firearms that you brought here for a second, shall we? Um, you have a table, a smorgasbord of handguns right now. Pick yeah. one of these goodies and let's talk about some of these because I love the stories behind these firearms that you guys always bring. Yeah, well, the, the big story behind all of these firearms, the two rifles and these six handguns here, is these were all bought at our gun show. Awesome. All of them. Awesome. I got all of these firearms at our gun show. Probably the most rare one is this 30 AMT auto mag pistol. Oh. It shoots the 30 carbine. And I always said, I, I said for years, even when I was 16 <laughs> years old, I said for years, if they ever came out with a 45 style automatic that shot the 30 carbine, mm-hmm. I would buy it. So I bought that it. That is beautiful. <laughs> that is a long barrel. That would be a tough one to concealed carry all the time. No, you wouldn't. That's not for concealed carry. But I would a, try though. Yeah. That would be that would be my attempt to try. And you know what's amazing? <laughs> uh, for as cool as it is, it's it's pretty accurate. It's pretty darn accurate about any ammo you put up with it, put in it. Doesn't kick much, wow. and it has the power of like a hundred and ten grain loaded three fifty seven magnum. That is awesome. So yeah, it is it is a pretty cool piece. Yeah, that's a that's amazing. I would love to be to be able to. And, it's carry that the, around, as you and those are getting more and more scarce. There's not a lot of them around, so sure. I don't have a lot of money in that, but it's worth a lot of money now. Yeah, see, my, so. yeah, that would be that would be a fun one. Again, now you found that one at the gun show. Yeah, How long ago this, did you get that one? Oh, I don't know. This some of these I've had for years. I have no idea when I originally bought them. Um, I do have one. This uh, little I use this for my concealed carry piece. Uh, this is a Rock Island 45 automatic. It's a commander style, wow. and it's it's a cool little piece. I that's had to a tiny little thing, yeah. It shot, and that's forty five automatic. Um, I have since uh, swapped out, so it's a little heavy. I got a little lighter and smaller piece for concealed carry now. Wow. But uh, that is a good shooting gun. It is fairly accurate. My grandsons love shooting that gun. Yeah, uh, I had to put another side, a rear sight on it. Um, otherwise, it's just straight stock. I was going to say that uh, it looks. Okay. It's, it's a Bomar okay. rear sight. It's a good. It's a good target sight. But I had to get that so I could get enough elevation. To, it was shooting pretty low when I first got it. And fixed sights, sure. I couldn't have ground enough off the front sight to get <laughs> to fix it. So <laughs> I just went ahead and decided to bite, bit the, bite the bullet and put a good Bomar rear sight on it. I so. love it. Now it's, uh, for those, I've seen this on a few firearms as well uh, with the back. But that's kind of the safety. For, that is the for, safety. That is that's the if safety. If that is for not these, right? compressed, yeah. that gun will not fire. You cannot drop that gun and have it go off. It yeah. will not fire. It has to have that safety depressed. Otherwise, the hammer is a it blocks the hammer from moving forward. Yeah, well, the, from the, releasing the wife. I, I love this one. The Mrs. Voice of Reason. The wife. She's been as we were just talking about off the air a little bit, looking for a secondary mm-hmm. uh, firearm so we can both conceal carry. You know, yep. throughout the day because we have one right now and we're kind of looking for the second. She likes the revolver, but she also loves the forty-five, which mm-hmm. is why she chose the first one. Mm-hmm. This would be kind of perfect for the female demographic because it's so small. Yeah, it is, and it's got it's a good handful uh, if they if they're not afraid of the forty five caliber. It, that's great, and they are priced right. And mm. custom gun guys love these because of the steel that's in them. Really? Oh yeah, it's custom gun guys throughout the United States. They love the Rock Island guns to modify because of the good steels that's in them. So it's a good gun to buy. Yeah. You, I got I think I got into this one five years ago for 
right at about I think just under three hundred. Really? Yeah. So this is a good Man. this is a good purchase. So uh, good luck like with that, that right now. But <laughs> but I, I don't think they're going to go up that much. So how cool! I love that. But, but yeah, it's it. Uh, I, I I just like that one and. I since have bought a few more magazines for it. So. Well, it's perfect because as we mentioned, I mean, the female demographic is the largest growing demographic it in is. the country for firearm carrying right now because yeah. of what's going on. I mean, uh, just walking to and from yeah. the stores, having the children around with them. I mean, it's it's a huge growing demographic because they want to realize they don't want to be hashtag me too. They want to be a hashtag not me, and mm-hmm. they're not going to allow something to happen to them. Well, let's even beyond that. They're even beyond that. They're full fledged in it. I mean, <laughs> just, just just stop to look at the the gun companies that are run by females. That are that operated true. by females that have females working on. I mean, it's a solid demographic in the shooting industry. I mean, nobody's catering to them. They're just doing what they do, yeah. and the firearms industry is just right there with them. So, I have to admit, uh, a couple of, what was it, two three years ago, went to Pittsburgh to to the Concealed Carry Gun Association's uh-huh. uh, annual convention out there, and it was massive. There, I never seen so many accessories for women, for uh-huh. purses, for clothing attire. For different things to to be able to carry your firearm in mm-hmm. your purse or to carry on your clothes, I mean the women demographic and the accessories for firearms for mm-hmm. women was uh, that was three quarters of the show. Oh, it yeah. was unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, there. There work. There's enough uh, women involvement in the firearms industry that they don't have to cater. They just they're just there. They are a presence. Yeah. So you go to a gun show. Ladies are going to find ideas for their own personal self-defense, uh, sure, lethal and non-lethal, whichever you prefer. They're going to find it. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, it is. I I, I think that's one of the most positive things that's happened in our in our industry is is the ladies taking a full solid fit in it. Sure, absolutely. So. Uh, she, now I mentioned. I mean, she loves the revolvers. She brought a couple of revolvers as mm-hmm. well. Let's talk about one of those. Well, let's. Uh, should we go with the Haas first? This one's kind of. Uh, this is another one you can't get anymore. This is a Dan Wesson 744V, 44 Magnum 8-inch <laughs> barrel. Yeah. And that, I shoot, I shoot 240 grain cast gas check bullets in that. Uh, I run full 44 Magnum speeds, and that thing is accurate as the day is long. Is it, it really? Just, oh, it just, it's a, that was, that gun was designed around silhouette shooting. So when you're knocking rams down at 200 meters, you need to be able to have some good accuracy. And that thing is very capable of it. Well, I mean, it's got a long enough barrel; it should be relatively accurate. And you would it, think. The, I mean, and the thing is, it gives you a better sight radius. Yeah, so it I, has eight inch barrel, but it has a about eleven inch sight radius. So, and you call this one the Haas? Uh, that is the Haas. That's a, that's not the biggest. That's not the biggest revolver I own, or the most powerful. <laughs> but but it is. Uh, that's a that's a good one, and they don't make that one anymore. Oh, they don't. Uh, it's, no, those those are rare now. Those are starting to get more and more rare. So wow. you can find them. You can still find them. But that thing, uh, I, I got into that when it, they were still making them. That'd be exhausting just to carry around all the time. Yeah, you wouldn't that's, want to that's, do that. That's that's, that's, that's made for that made for range work or, or hunting. I've, I've killed deer with it. It just it just Ooh. knocks them flat. Well, what just, kind of range does it have on it uh, to kill you, a deer? Um, to kill a deer, I would keep it in your shooting capabilities. You know, that's the thing with pistols. Don't overestimate your ability to hit a target. <laughs> <laughs> See how far you will be goes. humbled. Yeah. <laughs> See how far this bad boy goes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, that's cool. That's cool. we got just about a minute left before we have to take a bottom-of-the-hour break, but let's again remind everybody the gun show coming up tomorrow. Now, is there a capacity on how many people can actually show up to the venue? Not yet, no. I think they've gone ahead and gone. We can go ahead and... We don't usually have that kind of an issue at the gun shows. 
we can get good crowds in there, but uh, it usually hasn't been a, a huge issue. Sure. We had a good capacity last go around. So well, I mean, with a hundred and what do you say, hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty vendors? I mean, you're already going to have, you know, it's. Uh, I if I was a vendor there, I would be there to like probably spend more money than I ever made at there. If people were buying my stuff, I just turn around and buy more oh, goodies. Oh yeah, which I'm yeah. sure is always happening, right? And it's probably going to happen again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. So no capacity they can show up and uh, and show up to the gun show tomorrow uh, next week Saturday and Sunday. Oh, at, that's uh, outside Arena. of the fire marshal's capacity. Well, that is true. So, yeah. yeah. Although you know that would be a good thing if you guys could max that out. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fun. We like that idea. That would be a lot. That would be a lot of we, fun. We like that idea. Absolutely. Uh, from any type of firearm, you can find the handguns, the rifles, to as you mentioned, antique stuff and the new stuff. All that coming up with the gun show next week. Let's take a bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we'll talk about some more of these firearms. We'll talk about the organization itself. What do they do? What type of events can you be part of throughout the year? And more. It's the Antique Gun Association. Right here on Candace Talk with KQAM. We'll take a break. Get your phone calls as well if you have any questions or comments at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK right here on Candace Talk. Stay here. purpose i swear just kind of ironic how ted nugent comes on as we're talking about firearms hunting and shooting uh we need to get him back on the program it's been a couple years since we've chatted with ted nugent and uh always a great guy and obviously on the board with the nra and always involved with the hunting and the the shooting and um just he's another one just don't take any prisoners do your thing welcome into kansas talk uh, last half hour of the program goes by way too fast Real quickly, as a bit of a programming note, in case you've heard the changes during the weekdays here on KQAM, we've uh, kind of changed up our lineup just a little bit. We have the live programming now, 6 a.m. to midnight, all day long live shows, live programming. You can call in. You can have a conversation with them. Of course, John Wright, uh, right here, your local news here on KQAM from 6 to 8 a.m., starting off your day. Brian Kilmeade with Fox News. He's live 8 to 11 here on the KQAM airwaves. Uh, we now have Dana Lesh, The Dana Show. A former spokesperson for the NRA. She's live 11 to 2 here on KQAM every day, weekdays, Monday through Friday. You can listen to her now and call into her program. Dave Ramsey, your financial stuff. He's live 2 to 4 here on KQAM again, which I know uh, it's, uh, we get a lot of phone calls from KQAM and from Wichita to the Dave Ramsey show. So a lot of people loving the financial talk, how to get out of debt. My show now, the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason. We are on six radio stations now. We're on two TV networks and then some other places as well. You can find us. We are now live at 4 o'clock weekday afternoon. So we're no longer uh, tape delaying at 8 o'clock at night. We are now live at 4 o'clock weekdays. So uh, appreciate KQAM. And while our flagship station rocking it with the live broadcasting there. And then, of course, Joe Peggs from 5 to 8, your favorite talk show host. Uh, with Joe Peggs and then Jim Bohannon, 9 to midnight, with Armed American Radio at 8 p.m. as well with the great Mark Walters. And you hear me on there half the time anyways, too. So it's awesome. We love it. It's a great lineup, and uh, we've been wanting to make those changes for a while for KQAM. It's there. Enjoy it. Love it. Call into the programs. Be active. Be engaged with them. And they love hearing from you right here from the Wichita area. 
All right, let's talk about it. Chisholm Cheryl Antique Gun Association, the annual, uh, biannual, I guess, gun show, yes. because you guys have two. Two a year, fall yeah. and spring show, yes, sir. Fall and spring show, that's right. Now, the other one's in, like, October-ish? Yes. Okay. The second weekend in October, I believe. Gotcha. So Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and almost as big or just as big, usually? Or which we, one's bigger? Uh Toss up. It depends. <laughs> it really, it really depends on the uh, on the on the public. Yeah, that's awesome. That really is, is you know, this, uh, the gun show is our community outreach. This is what we do as as letting uh, you know, the Wichita Gun Show was founded. This is this is a Wichita unique thing. Sure. Nobody comes in from out of state. This is this is Wichita's own. Yeah. So this is what we do. We're a presence in Wichita, and we just want to participate in the way we do. So, yeah. well, and we think we have a good thing going. Well, you do. You have a great thing going. As you mentioned, I mean, you have a large club. I mean, usually clubs aren't 170, 180 people. I mean, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're active and engaged. Let's talk about the organization itself as well, which people can visit, ctaga.com, ctaga.com, um, which it looks like a really great website. You guys got some stuff on there. But talk about the association as well. Um, what do you do on a normal basis outside of just the gun shows? Well, the gun shows, we have uh, Women on Target that we do. It's an annual event. We have uh, a rendezvous. We do two of those a year. Um, and we do have the monthly matches. Every, it seems like every weekend out of the range, we have a, comp- a competitive match going on really? somewhere, somewhere from 22s to uh, the cowboy guns. Um, we have the, the cowboy three gun shoots that's going. That's a, that is just a ball of fun. If you've never done that, you just really need to give it a go. Yeah. Um, there's um there's um we have the um 22 did i say 22 matches 22 yeah, matches if, if you're interested in good shooting and good accuracy there there you go um no, there's, is there an age there, group there's on muzzle, that one too? the losing the muzzle loading matches is yeah, one of those yeah, you know yeah. because it's the that that that's kind of what the with the heartbeat of the of the of the gun club is the many types of muzzle loading matches that we have so sure that would be great now the 22s uh I, i'm getting my daughter's six she's about ready to start going to the range i'm going to get her there soon yes um what's the age group for the 22s i mean can you have younger kids do that one is that really kind of the starting point for some children well sometimes yeah but it, it's uh we we do Everybody's uh, is eligible to compete in our, our. Okay. You don't have to be a member to, to, to shoot there. Okay. So all you need okay. to do is get a hold of somebody in the gun club, and if you want to participate, you know, yeah. give it a try. You give it a try. You know, yeah. Even if you just have never shot one before and you want to try one, there's usually plenty of guns around to shoot. See, I can't wait to start getting uh, get my little one involved with the firearms and the shooting because mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a blast. And and I want to start off with a 22. My very first firearm was a 22 outside of a BB gun that yeah. I got when I was like eight. Yeah. Um, but I think that was a little too. Uh, she's six now, so I'm thinking, I mean, 22 at six years old, I think is about appropriate. Yeah. Or she's about ready to turn seven in June, so maybe that'll be the birthday gift from Dad. Well, that and that could be, you know, <laughs> if, if, if she can take good instructions, follows instructions good, and she fits, uh, fits a gun, uh, a firearm that'll fit her, yeah. go for it, man. It's... It's the best thing. I mean, ever. I was going to get her a pink, a pink camo AR-15, but the wife was a little hesitant on that. Yeah, one, that's so. a little out of the place right now. So. <laughs> I, was gonna, I was ready. I had a plan, and then no, no, trying to mess up the plans here. So I guess we'll start off with the 22 for yeah. sure. Yeah. But uh, the 22 shooting. Now, what I love, and, and Wes usually loves talking about this as well, but the the competition you guys do, where you get in the attire of a certain time period the rendezvous and the old mountain man the rendezvous yeah. stuff and you go out there and you use the firearm within that time frame and you and you wear the clothes from that time frame uh, i mean is this a semi-frequent thing you guys do as well it's a, it's usually a semi-annual event it's, okay it, it's offset of the gun shows but it uh, it usually happens twice a year they have a spring and a fall rendezvous so wow. and i mean it's it's the outdoor camping it's, it's the whole the bailiwick whole and you get to participate pretty much how you want to but they 
at least should dress the part yeah. and have firearms of the part. So it, you, it's, it's really now. Cool. Do you change time periods each time? Is it uh, a different? Wes would have to answer that one. I am not sure. Okay. Um, they have it when when they can find a get a sponsor going. They, sure. they, he usually sets all the rules and time frames and the the little um, competitions inside. So yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I'd I'd love to see some of those and, and partake in one of those. I'd. Uh, that would be a lot of fun for sure. Now, the the shooting range that you guys have as well, talk about because it's a decent size range, isn't it? Oh, it's a, we have a we have a 100 yard range. We have a pistol range, 25 yards. We have a 200 yards range with a range house. Uh, we also have uh, the Cowboy Town where we do our our competitive mm, shoots, and we right. have a shotgun range. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good range. It's on. It's on about 160 acres, and we use 40 of it. And we have a lot of the uh, a lot of our land is in it for a no impact. You know, it's where okay. any flyovers. We we kind of we got to keep everything in the range. So sure. And and we have full berms, full NRA. You know, we meet all the regulations of the berms. So sure. Uh, safety is the utmost is the utmost concern. Yeah, absolutely. But it's the, for members only. Uh, members exactly. Yeah. Got to be a member to join. If you want to become a member, how do you do so? Uh, you get a hold of a uh, a um, uh, member and have him sponsor you. It's a sponsored. Really? Okay. It's a sponsored club. Gotcha. Gotcha. You have to be sponsored to get in. Okay. So very cool. Uh, now the uh, do you guys do anything with like uh, hunter safety training courses or any kind of gun safety courses or any self defense courses <sighs> anything like that? There is a few self-defense courses that we have done in the past. Uh, most There's enough of those around. We don't really step on those as far as uh, we don't want to become competitors for our vendors at the gun shows. Sure. So we step we, we kind of take a little, little step back on that one. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of that training, we usually leave it up to the people who usually have that set up. Sure. Gotcha. So. Very cool. I love it. And then, as you mentioned, I mean, uh, members of it bring just – all different kinds of firearms. Now, how many muzzleloading competitions do you have? Because that would be cool. That's oh. when I first started. That was what my dad gave me was a muzzleloader when we went whitetail hunting in Ohio. Was yeah. here's the muzzleloader because you get one shot, make it work. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing you ask that question because that's one of those things that it, that that's really open to the imagination. I mean, um, some of the competitions I've seen where uh, they have a competition to see who can light a match. <laughs> now stop okay. and think about that with a muzzleloader. Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah and, and I know a, a friend of mine's uh, my sponsor's wife actually won wow. that competition. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's amazing. It was, I love it. Yeah. So the, the 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 things they come up to are usually uh, uh, up to the arrangement of the of the match directors and the, and their imagination how they come up with them. So, wow. But how yeah, cool. they have lots of stuff, and somebody will come up with a spontaneous idea sometimes, and yeah, and. Uh, Go that's, with it. Just go with it. Just yeah. have some fun with it. I, I that's will, what it's about. It is. That's, that's what, what it's, it's about. about. And I will never forget the smell of that muzzleloader when the black powder goes off. Like yep. it's, it's something that, as a child, will always stick with you for the rest of your life. Well, the sense of smell is one of the things that's the, the locks hardest in your memory. Mm-hmm. Well, that so, is very true. So. I love it. Let's talk about some of these other guns you have here. Let's uh, let's do the rifle here. Okay. Um, with that guy, what is this one? That one is a Browning 1885 single shot, 4570. Shiny. I that's like it. that's a bam flop rifle. That's a you you can okay. shoot something with that. It goes bam flop. <laughs> I love that rifle. It's a good true target rifle. I cast 325 grain cast check bullets for that. Okay. It is a grand slam. It can get me to both ends. I like to tame it down a bit. It's just highly accurate. What's the, what's the range is, on it? Uh, 
how far can you shoot i mean okay. i've i've hit the gong out i've hit the 200 yard gong out at the range pretty significantly with it with that 325 grain bullet pretty consistently sure it's not so, too heavy either it's not no too it's bad. not it, it's a good and considering it's a buffalo rifle yeah because that's that's uh that's from the old buffalo rifle days that's okay uh, I, I love the Browning rather than the Winchester. The Winchester Browning designed the 1885 rifles. Sure. So that's one of that's one of the reasons I love that, and I bought a Browning because oh, Browning right. Browning did them. That, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Browning Browning made that yeah. happen. Now that's not one that you build. I know Wes loves going on his stories about talking about yeah. all the firearms that he builds from scratch. Which one of these days I'm going to have time to sit there and do that. But uh, yeah. yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I got right here. This firearm here. I decided I wanted to. I, I had been playing around with Ruger single action new models Ooh. for a long time. Okay. That gun I bought at our gun show was a rust bucket. It had the aluminum frame on it, the hand grip, the gun frame, yeah. the grip frame. It was actually bent and broken, and only one of the scales, the uh, grip scales, would, would fit on it. The other one wouldn't go on it. Wow. So I went ahead and took it home, took it apart, I rebuilt it, cleaned it up. And I, all those stainless steel parts you see inside and out, I fitted those up to it. Sure. I got the thing working. I did a kind of an action job on it. If you can go ahead and light one off there, you can you can kind of see what the trigger's like. Yeah. And then I put a full Bisley kit on it. Okay. And then I sent it to Mike Hamlin. I sent the gun parts over to Mike Hamlin at a Valley Bluing sure. up in Valley Center, and he did the bluing on it. Okay. <clears throat> and he did, he did a great job. Now, if you look at it, you uh -huh. can see the rust pitting in the top and the sides of the top strap and down around the bottom of the frame. Okay. <clears throat> you can just see the where it was, but I like the patina it gives it. Yeah. So, it, but it that's is. one of them I just went ahead and decided to, and that's kind of some of the projects that I work on. Wes, Wes has his, his scratch built <laughs> flint lockers, and I, I really like messing with these when you could get the parts for them. A little hard, you got to kind of play the markets uh, just kind of the refurbish yeah uh, so when you do something like that i mean you try and find the uh, as close as you can kind of the original pieces and the original no. kind of stuff no, i don't even worry about it these guns are mass produced they're they're made uh very well i mean it's a tool that's one of the reasons it was in the shape as it was in it was probably in the pickup and what i think happened to it i think its ultimate desi demise was somebody was doing twirling with it and uh, dropped it oh, and i think that's gotcha. one of the things that that happened with the revolver so gotcha. but i i didn't spend much for it and i didn't mind messing with it so yeah yeah How i did fun. i did kind of the same thing with this i bought this brand new it's a 44 special new model black oh, that's light i like that yeah and it's 44 special it's a big bore it's I, that's another gun that i said if they ever came out with i would go ahead and buy one if ruger ever built one of those one of those right. and 44 special i would buy one and i did and you got it you got it i like that <laughs> and i it's went ahead and uh, uh that was one of those brand new guns i went ahead and took apart and i went ahead and fitted new parts and pieces to it and smoothed it up a bit and mm. all the stainless steel you put see on it i polished and put on there so yeah it's this this would be a good kind of concealed carry kind of small I did for a, a while lighter, 44, before yeah. i got my 45 i did have that yeah and it's it's great and it's accurate it's a good shooting gun yeah and see, you can really stoke them that thing will you you can you can get it to where you really don't shoot it much, but I don't put those loads in it because I just love shooting the gun. Yeah, I was going to say that's a pretty one. That's a, that's one that Mrs. Voice of Reason may enjoy as a concealed oh, carry yeah. kind of idea. So pick the brain on that one. All right, now I'm going to go. I'm going to grab this one here. You brought it in before. It's yes. one of the favorites here. Yes. But this is another kind of thing that you can get at the gun show coming up next weekend. What is this guy? Okay, that's one of my favorites. I did buy that one at our gun show. That is an M1A National Match made by uh, Springfield Armory in illinois and uh 
that's another one of those. It's like my 356 here, this Wildcat chamber job. is. Uh, that didn't look like that when I bought it. I bought it brand new. Right. And I went ahead and took the stock off on it. I put a Voltar stock on it, a carbon fiber stock. I went ahead and got Troy Industries battle rail put on it, which also unitized the front gas cylinder. And I went ahead and shimmed it to tighten up the, the action. Okay. And I also bought the scope at our gun show. Oh, really? Okay. So that, that thing was almost all fully set up from our wow. gun show. And you, what's fun with that one is you can sit down and, and just smack a 16-inch target at, at, at 200 yards, just bang, <laughs> bang, bang, bang. I put 10 rounds inside of a, a foot wow. at 200 yards with that rifle just sitting down, and it did it in 10 seconds. Man. It's a, it's a fun. fun gun to shoot. I had another guy sit down behind that, and he said he liked it, too. So he he was able to hit good with it. So. Well, yeah, that would be a great <laughs> And I love to... it because that is the last of the wood and steel battlefield rifles. I was going to say that it seems a little different. I don't see a whole lot of those usually. No, you don't. That was a, That's a derivative. That's where the M1 uh, rifle went. It went to a box magazine, Fed 308, and that's what the, it was the M14. The civilian version is the M1A. Or the yeah the M1A mm-hmm. that one is a national match outfit, so interesting. <clears throat> yeah, that would be a fun one to shoot. Yeah, that, and like I say, it's it's just it's just great. Yeah, see the kind of stuff you can go and actually see at a gun show that Joe Biden is trying to take away from you as uh, they work in Washington D.C. Yeah, uh, yeah, you could this stuff. See, this would be what they call an assault rifle, and it would be very scary, very triggering. But it's not. For many individuals. It doesn't have a fire selector, so it's not an assault rifle. It's not a well. It's, I mean, how many firearms can assault, anyways? I mean, yeah, come on. You, but yeah, yeah from what they go. try to describe, uh, yeah. So it's a. It's, it just like you mentioned, is a fun gun to shoot. Oh, it is. It's just a. It's just. Have you gone hunting with it? I have not. Okay. It's heavy. It, it is, I was going to say it is very heavy. It's a. Why would I hunt with? Uh, normally, I hunt with a single shot rifle. Sure. Normally I hunt with, I have a Ruger number one, and then I got, uh, I got the 1885 there. Normally if I'm hunting, I'm hunting with either a pistol or a single shot rifle. Well, I mean, you don't want to make it too easy, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> make the shot work. You know or what? Else, yeah. If you can shoot them, it, you're, it's up to you to do the one shot. Exactly. No, so. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. We'll take one more break here. When we come back, we'll remind you about the gun show. We'll talk about some of these other guys that you have here as well. And uh, we'll kind of wrap up the program today. It's the Tisham Trail Antique Gun Association. Their gun show coming up next weekend at Hartman Arena right here in Wichita from 9 to 5 on Saturday, 9 to 4 on Sunday. And we'll talk more about that when we come back right here on KQAM. Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us. Just a couple minutes left as we wrap up the show today. Joe Pags with the weekend live right around the corner after the top of the hour news here on KQAM as well. Again, just to make sure to remind you that you can tune into the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason with me on weekdays, 4 p.m., live right here on KQAM as well, and then all over the country with our radio and TV, plus our live streaming and podcasting, which, uh, I mean, we've been killing it with podcast downloads. Thank you for that, the visits to the website, all that good stuff. We appreciate you very much. Uh, just last couple minutes here, the gun show to uh, next weekend, I'm really excited about Saturday and Sunday. Yes, sir. 9 to 5 on Saturday, 9 to 4 on Sunday at Hartman Arena, $12 tickets. Yes, sir. And uh, that gets you in both days. Both days with a hand stamp and keep your tickets up. Yeah, that's going to be good. And they're going to see so much. I'm really curious to see how much, like you mentioned before, how much ammo is actually going to be at the gun show. I think we're just anxious to see how much is left. I mean, the the purchase that's happened over the past few months has just been 
astronomical. Yeah. And the firearms industry, they've actually stepped up very well. Very few industries can take the impact and increase they have. Well, they're so used and to it. Keep up. It's so used to it because it's such a roller coaster. I mean, I know it died off a little bit when Trump was in office. We can calm down. We can take a break. We can take our time and get the right stuff as opposed to just panicky, get whatever I can. Mm -hmm. But before that, during the Obama administration, it was like that. And now the Biden administration is the same thing as I just need to get as much as possible right now before it goes away because I'm really scared about that. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess they're really good gun salesmen. I guess we could put uh, put it that way, but um, it just. But you're right. The market's so used to these panics that they do a good job trying to keep up and at least keep things coming out consistently. Yeah, and it's they still have their lag times. Like I told you the story about what I had ordered last yeah. September, and it's finally getting here and done. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, finally. But it's just been the backlog. Is it there a certain caliber of ammo that's more hard to find, or is it just across the board? Most it, it's. What I've noticed is some of the the more unique stuff, like the guys that hunt with two hundred four Rugers, or not hunt with two hundred four Rugers, but some of the the new hunting calibers. There's some of that available. Some of the uh, the longer the old thing. some yeah. of that stuff is, is kind of available. Where you get into real shortages is the the handgun stuff, mm -hmm. uh, three fifty sevens, uh, mainly nine millimeter, uh, forty five, sure. those kind of things. So, but you know. Even 41 Magnum, 44 Magnum's like a bit hard to find. Well, that was going to ask that because when we were looking for the for the handgun for us for a concealed carry, the wife wanted a 44, mm -hmm. but we heard that 44 was extremely difficult to get. That it was more mainstream to go 45 now because that's more popular, I guess, today, and it's easier to get 45s when there's not a crazy pandemic where everybody's scrambling to get stuff. But just 45s are better than 44s just for availability. Mm -hmm. And normally that's true. They, there's it's okay. just more popular. But yeah, it's. Once they get caught up, it'll be back to square one. But yeah, I'm glad I reload. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. CTAGA.com is the website. Go and check those guys out. Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association. The Gun Show next week. Make sure to go and check it out at Hartman Arena on Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 5 and 9 to 4. Guys, I appreciate you coming to the studio. It's always fun. It's always a blast. We'll do this again here soon. You bet. Andy, thanks for having us. We really appreciate it. Hey, always love chatting with you guys. We'll do it again here real soon. That does it for us today. Top of the hour news coming up. Joe Peggs with the weekend right around the corner as well. Until then, make sure to stay tuned in next week. We were going to do it this week. Didn't get a chance to do it. Jimbo Hannon, national broadcaster. Uh, we recorded an interview with him. We'll play that next week. We'll get some more legislative updates as well and maybe some more city and county updates with COVID stuff as well. All that coming up. Until then, I'm Andy Hoosier. It's Candace Talk. Everybody have a great weekend.